in 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led to us making this podcast. We are far from experts and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy Beck Did It Better. We are up to album 42. It is the 1997 alternative hit, OK Computer, by Radiohead. Radiohead was correct they saw the future even back in 1997 when Rob was in high school being a cool guy and Aaron was in high school being a real fucking loser. Radiohead (laughs) knew they were going to be dependent on technology and now the computers have taken over. Computers are now the host of this podcast. In fact, computers are so much in charge that I need to watch humans to jack it. What a crazy robber world. Let's turn on KROB it is my favorite radio station. I am a loser computer that still listens to the radio. If you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. Whoa. But you're just too lazy to look it up online. This wow. is amazing. If you want oh to hear for guys who chat and then they get off track. Makes you like this album I've even got better, doesn't it? This is the best part of the album, Back I gotta be honest. <laughs> All right, welcome yes, everybody to Back to the Oh my Rob. god, hats uh, off, Rob. Yeah, Holy so I've shit, got dude. three guys here who keep pronouncing it Thom Yorkie. Uh, I've got <laughs> Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Rob. I'm doing Gucci. Good. No. I got Russ in Minneapolis. Russ, how are you doing? Rob, could you please stop these robot noises? I'm trying to get some rest from all the unborn chicken voices in my head. <laughs> I was thinking about, I could just do the whole podcast of that robot voice and just hit different sound clips. It'd be like, Aaron, you're a dumb shit. Shut up. Like it, writing stuff that was mean to Aaron in a robot voice made me laugh so hard. Oh, it was so good. And I've got Aaron over here in California and he thinks that Radiohead sounds like the best partner ever. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know. It's not a Then I wrote pause for laughter. Thursday, if you can think about it. Pause for laughter. (laughs) We don't care what you say. Just say hi so we can get going here. Yeah, I'm great. It turns out that I've been following the advice from Fitter Happier all along. No more microwave dinners. So everything's good here. All right. So we are going to go right from the robo talk to a voicemail. So stupid. (laughs) I can kiss my ass. (laughs) Dumb shit listeners. They can't even tell what we're doing. God, (laughs) listeners are dumb shits. They're just the dumbest of the dumb. I don't know why we don't have more downloads. Hey, gentlemen, close personal relative of Aaron's here. Hey, I was listening to the Ziggy Stardust episode, and Matt mentions in there a couple things. One, uh, he mentions that he wasn't aware of the backstory of the album until you guys began recording. Uh, He also mentions that we need more Pearl Jam on the podcast, which is an opinion I agree with, but I'm just curious. uh, I'm not sure if you guys have sent Matt, like, a list of when you'll be recording and what you'll be recording. Uh, Seems like a little more preparation might be nice. So if we can put that together in an Excel spreadsheet for him and let him know, um, it might help him be more prepared. So uh, thanks for everything, guys. Okay, listen. First of all, there's a couple things I like about this call. Number one, I do like being very specific on burning on somebody on the podcast. I think that's great. I think all of our callers should do that. I think it, it sets us off on a good mood when we're all like staying up too late thinking about how we're ignoring our families doing this podcast. Uh, and I also like the idea that it was like short, like it was a nice short voicemail. I think it's good. However, you could not have picked a worse time before the Let It Bleed album that's going to come out next week where Matt literally did the entire podcast and knew everything and to come out and burn on Matt for not talking enough before his big, uh, before his big 
I want to say birth, but that's not the right word. It's, it's also just a bit of inside baseball. The, the, the caller seems to seems to be aware of who who's really good at data mining on this podcast and who's not. So I think the caller is uh, is is a. Uh, I'll tell you this. I'll tell Little Rosie. And why do they call him Little Rosie? I just uh, I don't I don't right. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell him this that when you guys start texting like tomorrow that, Oh, this is a great album or, Oh, this is such a good, you know, and I, I could care less about the next album. You know, I just kind of give up and just say, you guys can handle it. Right. You let it go. But when we've got these other albums where you guys are like, I can't listen to this album one more minute mm-hmm. before the pot, you know, all this stuff. I'm, and I like them like last week, let it bleed this. I like this one this week. You know, I'm happy to pull my weight every once in a great while, but I don't, we, we really don't need four people looking at, Wikipedia, and then trying to talk over each other with how many facts that we know. We just need one or two of those a week, I think. That's true. That's my take. If you guys want to wake me up at the closing credits of this one, I'm happy to be that guy this week. It is funny to see everybody's mood shift throughout the week when we're getting texts of like, I think I sent one the second day where I was like, actually, this is a kind of more accessible album than Kid A. And like, no response whatsoever. It's because I had to listen the next day, but then I used the word chock-a-block in a text. I said it was chock-a-block with guitars. I was really proud of myself. I'm trying to get into the, the British mode here. See, so people, this is what we're dealing with in real life. It's not just on the podcast. <laughs> we also get texts that we have to, like, play, you know. I think at work what? I played my left field take for Aaron on that one. It was, it was an easy one. So listen, keep on calling and tell us things that happened two episodes ago. And we're definitely going to be respectful to you when we call in. We think it's great. But Matt, you really, I mean, you hammered it. I was listening back when I was editing to that Let It Bleed, man. And you just, you, I edited so much stuff out of me, which I'd never normally do, but you just really, you crushed it last time. So nice work. And I will say that episode really picked up at the end and I realized what it was. I just started making fun of Aaron again. Yeah. Like I feel bad because <laughs> I've started now also making fun of Aaron over text message. Like he texted us tonight, I lost a Zoom link. And I just wrote back too bad. And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. <laughs> and I said, so, you going to miss me. We'll get to that when we get to start time. Start time. So let's get into everyone's rolling going. It's 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 time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for rolling going. Oh yeah! All right, Aaron, what is your rolling going? I've got I got so many. Once again, what? Oh, I thought you said you liked it. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, Ah, the button broke. I can't turn it off. Just go ahead. It's fine. Well, I had to take a break from listening to Sade just to get in this. uh, So you guys are you really should be proud and, and blessed that I'm here blessing with my presence because I took a break from the Sade box set, which I finally scored yesterday. They remastered this thing at half speed. So Rob, I really think that you should consider this. Maybe slow down, slow all of the episodes oh down to half God. speed before you do your editing. It, I think oh it, my God. so far it's paying dividends in my hey, listening. Hey, slowing that down to half speed is not an efficient way to go through that part of life. You got to keep that going <laughs> at a regular pace. You slow it, it down too much, it takes way pace. too long. A medium pace is way too long. I was thinking I should just move this podcast to 1.5 speed because that's what all our listeners do anyway. It's just like, I might as well just put it out that way. Yeah, I think we should just if you're on a podcast player Imagine right now. Imagine what Rob is doing right now at this medium pace. <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast. Oh, don't come in brother. here right now. I need Blah. some privacy. 
Oh, yeah. That's what I say. I need some privacy. Why don't Please. you guys laugh at my jokes? <laughs> I don't like all these quotes where it sounds like I'm desperate and attention-seeking. Oh, that's crazy. Right. I'm but watching a VR concert. Leave me wrong. alone. <laughs> Put it on the spin cycle. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're listening to this podcast, set it to 0.5 speed and just think about, just have your brain melt for a little bit. Fuck you. Uh, just really have it, like, listen to that and see what it's like. But then you guys are doing the slow motion, so nobody's going to do that. That would be insane to listen to. So, Rosie, I'll ask. I'll ask. Yeah. You got the, the Sade came out with a new box album, and they, they decided to slow down the songs, right? Now, that doesn't mean that her voice gets slowed down. I mean, right? Or how does that work? It's, so it's a technique. Music? Yeah. No, it's a technique. Okay. So this is all six of Sade's studio albums now remastered to vinyl, released okay. in one box set. And when they did the remastering, what they do is slow everything down to do the remastering. And, then, and, and apparently they do that when they actually press the vinyl. And then when they release it, it's all back up to regular speed. But something about slowing it down, they can hear things that they couldn't hear before. So oh, I think it sounds it- fantastic. Is it true that they do this when they're mastering it to eight tracks as well? So you could say that they're master eating <laughs> really slow. I mean, I think that's kind of some lingo that you might hear in the biz or whatever, but it's, yeah, I think, I think when you're listening to Shot 8, I think master eating really slow is the way to do it. But I was really... And, I mean, and yeah, the technician's called a masterator. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah, head masterator. Head masterator. You should see so my brain working for that joke. But I actually got, I got two other things I wanted to talk about. One is I actually have a book recommendation for our listeners for this, this album. Uh, it is the Alchemy Wars trilogy by Ian Is Trigillis, it true that who, your book recommendation is you want us to go out and buy those Dr. Seuss books that were canceled? Oh, you don't think it's stop, a good idea that those on, got canceled? You thought that you, you like the images. You thought they were come just on. fine. You didn't think it was a big deal. And you don't like that Dr. Seuss is getting canceled. You want us to go buy those. So that's Dr. your book Seuss recommendation. Dr. Seuss is heavily edited in our house. The book recommendation is the Alchemy Wars trilogy. One fish. Hmm? <laughs> Charlie Daniels fan poster is not looking great in your back of your yeah, garage right, exactly. either, Aaron. Ian Tregillis, yeah. who turns out to be a Min- University of Minnesota grad. Him in a house. I will not and it's with a Rob. Yeah. A trilogy about uh, robots, who, but they're robots from the pre, uh, pre-industrial revolution. They're, turns out they're made out of clocks, and the Dutch have figured out some alchemy that can bring clocks to life. And they make robots to be slaves, which if you're thinking about this, uh, perhaps the Dutch, uh, we're talking about some heavy allegories here, the Dutch as it relates to the slave trade. Uh, turns out maybe these uh, robots actually have free will. So uh, I thought about it a lot when I was hearing the song Paranoid Android. I really recommend it for any of our listeners who know how to read. That's probably less than five of you. Um, I, no, I know I know at least one person who has taken one of your book <laughs> oh, recommendations and bought their husband that. one of your books. I don't remember which book. I couldn't tell you <laughs> one of your recommendations. I wasn't listening, but I apologize. But I know one person has. So That's great. You are spreading the knowledge, Rosie. And then the last thing I wanted to say is I saw two crows chasing a hawk in the sky the other day, and Jesus I Googled it, and it Christ. turns out, <laughs> it turns out that crows I beg, will I go beg after a hawk. Aaron's wife I'm at so gmail.com to email me and say that I shouldn't make fun of him for following up his smart <laughs> story with hawk. two crows chasing a hawk. I mean, That's like cool. shit that crows little kids look right at. They're like, hawk. if my kids came up to me and said, hey, dad, I saw two crows chasing a hawk, I would be like, oh, that's really interesting. Oh, that's really cool. They are 10. Or uh, no, one's twelve. One's twelve and one's nine. Maybe I'm not sure. I'm, not, I, I, I'm sorry, Aaron. Go ahead. Tell us. No, I wait. Tell us your story no, about it. the hawk. 
That's it. That's the whole no, story. No, no, I saw no, no. two go crows chasing a hawk, and I thought, can I really believe my eyes here? Do crows go after a hawk? And I Googled it, and it turns out they do. <laughs> do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out Aaron, crows it, for defending their territory. Aaron's rolling going or like the Raiders picks of the NFL draft where, you know, every year they take some guy no one's ever heard of. Everyone's just like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like, this is the Raiders. This is Aaron's rolling going. This is Dude, our lives. I'm trying to think if there's a background music that'll make that story any good. I'm looking through all my song clips. I'm not sure. <laughs> Honky talk, man. All right, let's try it. That's hey. better. That's hey, there's better. crows chasing a hawk. Crows listen to it. They get fired up to chase the hawks. Let's talk about crows chasing a hawk. That's what I. That's what he calls his penis, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I like, well, I like that. that man. Yeah. Rob, give me that. Oh note. wait, that was the wrong one. I, where did that even come from? I'm not sure. That's what I'm gonna start calling my penis. That's the, literally the extent of your story. And this is the part where I go back and go back on a story and then I always edit it out later. And then I think to myself when I'm editing, why do I keep going back and bringing up the story again when I know I'm going to edit it out? But I can't help myself. I want more details about this hawk and crow story. I mean, nature is fascinating. I just, I really couldn't believe my eyes. And then when I looked it up, it turns out this is a common occurrence. I didn't know that. Oh, Aaron, 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 Aaron no, what time in the afternoon do you normally start using medical marijuana out there? <laughs> I usually wait till after the podcast because it just puts there, me to sleep. Uh, but. Odds of odds of Aaron partaking in in mm-hmm. chemicals before he saw the crows and the hawk one thousand percent. He's telling his kid, he's like, listen, air in the, or air out. He's like, yeah. listen, the robots are clocks. And the yes. kid's like, Dad, look at those, look at those crows chasing the hawk. He's like, whoa, that blows my mind too. <laughs> uh, rolling, going, Russell. How's it going with you? It's going pretty well. I, I w- wanted to run a few things by you guys, see what you think on how you would handle certain situations. So I might need to go and get some advice if that's all right. Oh, let's hear from get, you. Get, get, get now, to we got to keep getting out of the corner. We keep going in, but I keep forgetting that we got to hop corner. out. Oh, yeah. I've been sitting in the corner of my house for the last 18 weeks. It's been and, terrible. And not only that, it's been kind of inception because we've been going into the corner of the corner of the corner. So the corner is just getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> hey, Rob. I'm in, I'm in the second level. Can we go into one more level of the corner? This is legit here. It's time. For oh my God, you see what I just saw in the corner? It was corner. three crows chasing oh, the hawk. yeah. It's the sequel there. The story. Story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The, the thing I need to bring up with you guys and get your advice on something. The general theme of the question is, when you go to a restaurant, are you a walker or are you a talker? Meaning... If they screw something up, do you walk away and just take whatever they give you? Or do you say something about it? Are you a walker or are you a talker? So I thought I would give you guys a few scenarios just to see how do you handle something when you get something at a restaurant that isn't correct. And Matt, I know you owned a restaurant or a franchise at one point, so you may have a different viewpoint on this. But the first... I will say every day I wake up and I do 300 sit-ups and a bunch of push-ups. So I am kind of a Herschel Walker. Oh, no. I'm trying so hard Aaron not to laugh. Matt, that is not a good joke. Yeah, there's either three of our mics aren't working or that was bad. Joke. Oh no, it's on. Okay, we're here. We're good. Yep, live. Yep. It's right. live. It's a hot mic. So remember Red when I'm when I'm throwing these topics out there, this may be something that has happened in my dating life and I didn't know how to react to it. So the first one is: let's say you guys order or your date orders a steak. And they order it a specific way done. So it's medium well or medium. And it comes out and it's not precisely the way they wanted. Do you say anything? Are you a walker or are you a talker? Let me ask. Is it overcooked or undercooked? 
a little bit overcooked. So let's say you order it, someone orders it medium well, and it comes out a little well, oh, and there's hell. a complaint. What do there's you think no of difference that? Be- Come on, there's, there's no, no difference. difference between Absolutely medium no well difference. and well done. No. You're a savage if you send it back. Yeah. And you're a prick if you do it. I'm so, sorry. So I made I may know a person that sent one back recently because there was not a small pig line. And I did not know how That's to react. It. Like I was, I wanted to crawl away into the booth yeah, of our, I would crawl our thing away too. and die. I it think was, if you're if, if you're dating somebody who's that picky, Russell, that might that might be an indication that there's going to be problems down the you line. You dodged a bullet. <laughs> you dodged a bullet. Yeah, I mean the thing is, if you ordered it, hey, the like, bullet's not dodged it, yet. Let's, let's if just be clear. The bullet's well, not dodged. And it came out medium. It came out medium, or came out a little bit rare. You can ask them go put it back on. Like, will you put it back on for me, please? Like mm-hmm. just a little bit. Like Insane. that's okay. But you can't say, nope, overcooked. Give me a brand new one. Uh, no. So this was this if you was, ordered a medium well, it's gonna be gray all the way through. That's what it is. Like yeah. and, and like that person better have a meat thermometer in their pocket and they better take the temperature and tell you that they wanted it at <laughs> 145 instead of 154. Like forget it. Like once you get beyond medium, it's all gray. Aaron, here comes a joke that our whole crowd also thought I was gonna say, but hey, check out this meat thermometer in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told it's medium rare. Uh, medium, not well. It's medium. Medium. It's not well done. I'll just put it that way. So then what happens if on the same plate of food, there also just happens that maybe the vegetables aren't quite warm enough. So now you have a, a steak Man's that is face. not, that is overcooked and vegetables that are not warm enough. What are your thoughts? Do you send it back? Do you say anything or not? Russell, I think we should just all stop. You dodged the biggest bullet you've ever dodged in your life. Can you imagine going on a second? Oh, my goodness. You figured it out. This is like, you know, you're asking. We asked last week about three minutes or, I don't know, a couple weeks ago about how do you judge people, like, find the three minutes. Like, this is the perfect scenario, and that person failed big time. I mean, this is. No. Yeah, you got to walk to the next table and see up. if anyone's free for, yeah. free to hang out at that table. Doesn't is matter who it is. Just, is this a hundred dollar steak that they're eating? Like a no, hundred dollar so meal? And let's say at I one mean, point, I, I know normally you take them to Chili's or whatever, but where are we? Where are we talking about here? <laughs> and let's say in, in a hypothetical scenario, this was like just a kind of normal, nicer bar restaurant, not a hundred dollar steakhouse where they are expected to have it on point. And let's say you're sitting there with them, and at some point you start to become incredibly uncomfortable because. They're calling out every single thing on the tray is wrong to the waiter and the manager. And at some point you're just like shrinking in your chair. Cause you don't, what, what are you going to do? You can't stop anyone from doing it. But at some point do you stand up and you say like, I just met this person bucks. online. I don't know this person at all. I don't vouch for them in any way. <laughs> I mean, do you, do you at some point just lift the veil and just say like, look, yeah. this is an online Go date. To the bathroom I'm not- and tell the waiter like, Hey, listen, I'm, this is an online date. This is going terribly. Can you, I'm so sorry. Like I it's almost, actually, yeah. I, would- I would do that. Yeah. Somehow do that. Slip another 10, slip them 20 bucks. Say, sorry. Can you imagine you, you go home with this person, mode? Russell? And you take off your pants and they just look at you like, <laughs> what are they going to say? You know what I mean? Like, like the vegetables are too cold. Like, uh, but I guess on the other hand, if they're like, oh, that's, you know, let's just say too big. Like, let's say that's something they say. <laughs> and my kid, my kid just let the dog in right when I said that. But so let's just say too big. So that's something that she can talk about in therapy. But let's just say too big. Like, maybe you'd be like, well, they're really picky. So maybe it's like. Yeah, I, mean, I guess that's true. You made it through the gauntlet. Like, I, I'm with Rob. Yeah, I just think you standing there, they'd be like, mm, send that back to the kitchen, please. And so then it gets sent, a, sent in a hypothetical world. This is hypothetical, of course. Of course. Let's say your food is out and there's they send everything back, everything that's come out. Everything goes back. 
Now I just have to sit there and wait. And so I decide, okay, I'm just going to sit and wait because I'm a walker, not a talker. And if my yeah. food is cold or overcooked, I just deal with it. Oh, I don't right. say so, yeah, anything. What's going on with you? Your food's just sitting on the but plate. The other, yeah, just, you're just again, waiting this to eat on, your food? This is on your date, Russell. They oh, need to no. tell look, you. Look, hey, go on. ahead. No, go ahead. Eat. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, I need to know what Russell ordered. This is important to me. Because if there were French fries involved, you have to eat those when they're fresh. You can't wait on That's French fries. Aaron, you're fucking thinking. You are a genius. You're the smartest man alive. Do I have a sound clip on here that is Aaron's is so smart? Let's see. Definitely not. Nope. I don't think we have that one. I don't. That's what I'm going to start calling yeah, the that's piece. All I, got. I don't know. Russell, what did you order? It, there was no French fries involved. I, I ordered some salmon and some vegetables. So there was no fries involved. So I felt like I was just, I just wanted to, I wanted to avoid any sort of uh, scene or anything in the restaurant and not have, anything be reheated other than what was already being asked to be sent back. I might as well join in. Just send yours back to be like, ah, fuck it. Send that back. (laughs) And so then the the final question, the final thing that comes with this is, I don't know if you guys ever take your wives out and you order wine. I don't know if you guys are wine drinkers, maybe Matt, I could see you and your wife ordering some wine. All you guys, I could see that Mm -hmm. when they bring out the wine and, and you go through the whole scenario, they pour the little bit in the glass. You do this, you smell it, you taste it. You say, yeah, it's good. What if someone were to say, sums it up. no, this tastes a little tangy. This is not right. What oh would you think of that? God. Oh, my God. <laughs> why would you do it? Russell, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I had a boss of mine do that once. We were, we were out to dinner at a place somewhere in St. Paul, and he sent a bottle back. And you're supposed to do, you know, I had no idea. This is ignorant me growing up in yeah. mean streets of Richfield, right? Like, I have, what, Boone's why, Farm. Why do you, why you don't do you ever a send test? a bottle of Boone's Farm back. You know, why do, why do you need a little, why do you need to test? Well, apparently wine can go bad and it could taste like vinegar, right? Mm-hmm. If it turns, right. it's vinegar. And that's the only reason for that testing thing. Not if you like the taste or don't yeah. like the taste. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just if the bottle's turned. Yeah. And that rarely, rarely happens, but it's just one of those fancy things, right? And so you don't, if you don't like the taste or something like that, you don't send it back. That is the dumbest, most selfish mm-hmm. prick move that anybody could do ever. It's so bad. I'm going to take just a wild guess, Russell. Was this girl a nine or a 10? Because she's striking me right now as like a nine on the look scale or a 10 on the look scale. Because pulling this shit, you got to look good. Like, so, so to be fair, to be fair, the wine was not sent back, but there was a request to bring out two glasses to sample them. And then there was comment about one not being right. Wait, so did you buy a bottle or she bought a glass? What? We might just need to move on. No, no, no. So you bought a bottle and then she asked for two sample glasses? No, no, no. On our on our, on our attempt to decide what bottle we were going to get. Oh, my God. They opened up two At first, bottles. I just wanted to get two glasses. And I said, you pick which one of the two. You try them both. Pick which one you like. I'll do the other one. That wasn't good enough. So there had to be a, an asking of a sampling. And really, in my mind, I'm just like. Well, this you were on camera. You had to have been on camera. <laughs> this had to have been a TV show. I'll tell you the one thing that ever worked for me in this kind of scenario, and we don't, we're not going to make this Aaron's Wine podcast because we, I drink wine every day, so we're not going to get into my specific <laughs> theories. Before, on after you do the other chemicals, before you watch the Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks. Before wine's usually around like a five p.m. kind of a thing. Yeah. We've been, yeah. mean, we've been meaning to but have a conversation. On my tenth wedding anniversary, on our tenth wedding anniversary, we went out. I had ten drinks. So before, before the after drink, 10 drinks. Tenth, Whoa. Yeah. Yes. We went, we went nuts on our 10th anniversary. Uh, Cause we were going to go to Tahiti and then we had a baby. And so it was like, well, we're not going to Tahiti. We'll go out in Oakland and get crazy. Uh, so hold but, on. So, so hold on. 
Yeah. So you, your wife isn't drinking at all, and you just go get hammered. No, 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 no. The baby was uh, six. He, he was like eight months old at the time. We were yeah. both drinking. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, we were both out. It was like, it was like let's go out and get crazy. Aaron's wife at gmail.com was home with the baby, and Aaron was out having 10 drinks all on his own. He's like, this is the <laughs> like, crazy anniversary of my life. But I did. So we went. He said it stakes back left and right. We went to the after, after bar, and I ordered two glasses of sparkling, and I ordered the wrong glass. And brought it back to the table. This is our 10th anniversary. And she kind of looks at me like, oh, I thought I ordered the rosé. Obviously, it's our 10th anniversary. I'm going to like do whatever I can to fix it. So I went back to the bar. I said to them, I didn't drink out of this yet. You haven't gone home yet, right? So, But I ordered, <laughs> I ordered the wrong glass of wine. Would someone behind the bar drink this? And could I get the other one? And that was all it took. They were like, yeah, man, thanks for being cool about it. They, they went ahead and switched it out and gave me the other one. So you got to like try to, but, but you always have to walk to talk to the bartender if you can. Like, that's what you got to do. You if gotta you're like, nice, if you're just nice, just be yeah. nice to people, right? Right. So Fall on the sword. Hey, this is completely my mistake. Is there and it any was way we can in that fix case. This? It was yeah. my mistake. Yeah. yeah. That is I one nice know. thing about living in New York City is that if you are slightly nice, you are like super nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're like the nicest guy in the world. If you're like, hey, how are you doing today? They're like, what? You walk into a store and you say hi to somebody they're like, oh, are you talking to me? Yeah. It's, it's, they, they, their mind is blown by the mid, by like normal Midwestern niceness. Like they can't handle it whatsoever. That's kind of like living in the Midwest. If you're just slightly overweight, you can say you're above average. Oh yeah. Well, that's my other joke is like in the Midwest, I'm rude, but I'm thin. So it's perfect. <laughs> you kind of look like ravishing Rick rude with that mustache. This is a visual I joke. But Russell, Rob's kind of got a ravishing Rick rude mustache going on right now. No, Aaron, keep making visual jokes. Do you want to make any other visual jokes that our listeners aren't going to listen to? We finally got text from people saying, hey, I kind of liked that last episode. Now Aaron's making visual jokes. Uh, Russell, I got to say, you can attach some tennis balls to the bottom of me because I am a walker, it turns out, at the restaurant. You know what I mean? You're a walker, huh? Yeah, big time. Attach some tennis balls? I get it. I get it. (laughs) If, If I can eat it or if I can drink it, you know, like it, it, I, I hate onions on pizzas kind of a thing, right? So if pizza comes out and it's got onions on it, uh-huh. I just can't eat the pizza. I say, look, I didn't, I ordered this without, can I get another one? You know, like, let me know what I can do. Right. My bad. And they say, oh, no, no, you ordered, you know, you try stuff like that. Then I, and then I send it back. But if it's a little undercooked, a little overcooked, a little mm-hmm. something, you know, or, or if, it, if you order a drink, right? And it's like, hey, I wanted the Summit EPA and they come out with Coors Light, right? Like, just drink the Coors Light. You're fine, right? Yeah, You'll be you okay. You can a Coors and a Summit at that point. Just slam the Coors and then get a Summit after. I also adopt the theory of saying it's fine and just taking it and moving on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say my wife is probably the, the one of the pickiest people I know when we go out to eat. But she's very clear at the beginning. Like, I want this and I want this on the side and I want this. But I've never had her send back a meal. I've sent back one meal in my entire life. And it was so salty I couldn't eat it. I don't remember. It was like some pasta. And it was just like literally like. And I said, listen, I'm so sorry. I never have done this, but I got to send this back. It's just too salty. And they said, oh, no big deal. But I felt terrible. Like it, it was like a, it was like a stress moment for like five minutes. I had to think about it. But the real question is, is not what, when you send stuff back, it is what would you do if you were out with someone and your wife, Matt, let's say she wasn't having it. You just, you just sit back and let it happen or what, what how do you that's deal with that mentally Russell, and this is this, this is a whole different world stuff. this is a yeah. whole different world <laughs> Russell. this is pre-marriage <laughs> stuff this is the stuff you go on you know somebody told me you got to go on vacation with your significant other before you pop the question things like that you got to yeah. spend like a four or five days just you guys some foreign 
area for you, you know, like you're you're in a yeah. hotel set. You've got to do these. Yep. Te- these are just these are all tests. That's great. If Sarah would have done that on a on a you know we were out on a date and started or she's rude to people like that. And same with me. If I would, she would have you know kicked my ass to the curb. But no, these are all this is this is all one big test, Russell. <laughs> yeah, and you, I, you, that you chick never failed, Matt. So. You never asked her to put that spoon in the dishwasher before on that vacation, <laughs> though, did you? That's so no, good. No. I, you know, <laughs> I'll tell it's you. one of those things where, like, if I'm face to face with her, you know, like I don't say things. But when I'm not, you know, when she's, you know, in the background there, you know, I talk. I yeah. talk to you guys. But. I'll tell you what, Jenny could be in a restaurant. She, she she could get up on the table and take the world's biggest shit. And I'd be like, well, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to say anything. You just don't, Russell. Like, I have never said anything to her. I'm like, I'm going to tell her what to do. And then it turns out well for me at all. That has never not- once worked. I'm not <laughs> saying tell anyone what to do. I would never do that either. But like, what do you, do you just kind of sit and listen or do you like shrink in your chair? What, what do you do, Rob? At this Rob, point, at this point. Why is your wife taking dumps on the table? Like she's, uh, it seems She weird. loves to do have it. You, have you met her? <laughs> I said, I said, sweetie, it's Dunkin' Donuts. And she was like, oh, I misread the sign. Um, but the thing is, is like at, at this point, like in my marriage now, if I am being quiet, that means I'm avoiding a conflict. That's what it means. Like I just sit there and if I don't say anything, that means I'm avoiding a conflict because I know if I say what I'm thinking, it's going to cause big problems. And I don't need big problems. We've got that too. They're the silence. Yep. Sarah doesn't like the silence. She knows that I'm, you know, nodding in my head and I've got, I've got things that might, might pop out, but the, the, the amount of trouble I get in, if I'm just quiet, yep. as opposed to yes. if I start talking, then it's like, I, it's almost like I just got to go away for, yep. I have to go for a walk or something like that. But yeah, I'm with you, Rob, the silence, you're kind of in trouble with the silence, but it's not nearly as bad as what would happen if you open your mouth. I realized when I was about 33 that my dad never, ever says what he thinks or gives advice unless he's asked directly. <laughs> and I was like, that is such good. That's such a good way to do it because people normally don't want your advice unless they ask. No. They don't care. They don't care no. what you think. It never matters. And when you give advice not asked, everyone hates it all the time. Nobody's ever like, oh, that's very helpful. Thanks for telling me that. <laughs> it, you, know what, you know where that really comes in, though, is it's really good when people, you know, especially like every four years when you get a new presidential election, when, when people, oh, no. what are we doing you know, when, you, they wanna, when they want to give you their political views, like that's really helpful. Yeah. And you're really going to change my mind with all of your thoughts. So. And now yeah. Aaron has the Stop the Steal poster up. He's walking around <laughs> the garage. I knew it was coming. I knew that <laughs> well, was coming. it's too easy. <laughs> well, th- thanks for that advice, guys. Hopefully I'll be able to use that the next time a state gets sent back. So, Rob, Rob, can you get me out of the corner? We need to remember to let let's me out, out of the, the corner. Tonight. Let's get out of this I'll, corner. Shit. Guys. You can call me Chuck Norris. So apparently, I'm a walker. <laughs> oh, no. Right. Time's up. Get out of the corner. But don't that fall asleep in this corner because corner. then oh, the time is yeah. running different at the corner above you. And then if you... Aaron, go watch those crows and the hawk again. Just go watch the crows and the hawk. <laughs> My concept of online dating is Russell. like just It's just a, a cut of Russell waking up with different women every morning. Just woman after woman after woman. The reality when Russell tells us about his dates is so different. It's like just somebody <laughs> sending back a plate every time you just see Russell shrinking in his chair, getting lower and lower and lower. <laughs> But it's good content for the podcast, Russell. So keep it up. I'm Appreciate starting it. to realize that I'm the I'm the common part of the equation in the disasters here. And maybe I need to look in the mirror. I would. I I I don't think it would be crazy if you got up and walked out of that date in the middle. You're like, oh, I got a call from my podcast. That'd be a good so power go. move. Like, now nah, this just isn't working. Yeah, right. you're hey, too much. You're too much. Guess who I'm going to send back? Much. You. Woo. Oh. Yeah, you. Uh, Matt. No. <laughs> Matt, yeah, Matt, 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 Matt,
Uh, good. You know, things are going well. All right, no, good. So let's do it. You know, you guys were talking about all this time travel. I watched I watched the movie Tenet last night. It's on HBO. Well, that's a I, Nolan I, movie. We're I, talking about, yeah, we're talking Inception. That's a Nolan movie, right? Did you see the sequel? Eleven no end. I'm here for this though, Matt. I haven't watched this one yet. Is it worth the investment? Because Nolan sometimes to um, me is like, I don't know. If you like that stuff, then yeah, but you probably need to see it like three or four times to completely understand it. Okay. Or I Inception's think you would be okay way. reading it's a time travel thing, and they go back, and then all of a sudden, you know, if you go too far, you can't go back. And if you're walking forward, the wind's at your back. And if you you hold your hand up to a fire, it's actually cold, and you can't. It got too, it got too much for me. You know, I don't know. I was kind of tired, so I wasn't really paying attention. It's it's, it's a it's a confusing movie, but it seems pretty darn good. But I think the actor isn't it, is that Denzel Washington's kid? Isn't his son? Yeah, is his name John David or something? Right. Is that who it is? John David. Yeah, that's the, he's the same guy. He was in the show the with The Rock. What's the Miami, the entourage show? Ballers. It's that Ballers, guy. Yeah, yeah. He, was he in does Black a phenomenal too. job. He'll be he'll be around for a long time. He's a great actor. So, oh, yeah, he's good. Um, so I watched that, but you know, that's time travel thing. I don't know if anybody's into that stuff. I like time travel. I've got travel. a couple things. Um, Minnesota, we, we've hit our two-week window where it's nice to sit outside in the patio mm-hmm. and there's no bugs. This is it. We literally right? have two weeks a year. We could do that, and we're there. And so, if, if it gets too warm out, that, though, your steak will overcook while it's sitting outside. If it gets too hot, you got to send that shit back. Send so, it back. Send it's it actually back. not a prime time for that, Matt. Sitting outside kind of sucks too, doesn't it? Like every time I sit, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go sit outside for a while. And then I go out there, and I'm like, ah, oh, this sucks. It's too hot. The wood feels weird. Like, what if I put food on it? No thanks. Sun's shining in your face. Yeah. Like, I don't need all that vitamin D or whatever it is. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah. I, mean, I, I live in I the Bay, so it's different for you know, me. Yeah. What are you going to do? And then finally, um, I started my, uh, you know, I used to coach baseball and then I, I took a, I took a hiatus, but I'm back coaching again. Oh. Coaching hey, welcome the, back. The Richfield Mud Hens, Richfield Mud Hens T-ball team. And we had our first game yesterday. And, now is this, uh, are your sons on this team? Yeah, Eddie is. Oh, so, the, so now you're, now you're the guy who's got, you're the, now your kid is the coach's kid. Are you aware of what comes along with being the coach's kid? Um, yeah, and Eddie game one. My dad, my dad's, my dad coached me from I was six on. My dad's so coached baseball his whole kid. life, you know. And so my dad with t-ball, you literally there's I think eleven kids. You literally need like eight parents helping out to make sure that somebody's at first base, somebody's at second base, somebody's yeah. at third, somebody's at home, somebody's in the dugout getting helmet on. The person on deck, somebody's in the dugout just making sure oh the other kids God. are killing each other. Somebody's making sure the bats aren't getting thrown. Somebody's making sure the ball gets back onto the team. You know, all this stuff, right? You need so many parents up. So my dad. And meanwhile, Matt's sitting there teaching him how to do a bat flip after each hit. He's like, no, yeah. you got to flow like this. Yeah. Showing him so Korean then, baseball. So, so yeah. Eddie, literally. Matt's kids chewing tobacco over in the corner and <laughs> spitting it on the right field line. <laughs> he's got it down. He's got yeah. it down. But so he he literally he's the kid who is running all over the field. He's pretty fast, so he's the one who's going in front of all the girls and getting the ball. So yeah, he's already the coach's kid. We had to have a talk afterwards. Like Eddie, you gotta let the other kids get the ball. Things like that. But yeah, also put this put this rub rub this stuff on you. I call it the clear. I got the cream and I got the clear. Rub this on. Cream the clear. Don't worry about and why your helmet doesn't fit anymore. It's gonna be fine. And then yeah. immediately after that scolding, Matt is calling every college coach that he knows yeah. in the nation. He's like. Hey, my five-year-old, he's got skills. Yeah. and <laughs> He can get from first to third in 82 seconds or whatever it takes a four-year-old to get there in. You know, and this is just, this is like five-year-old T-ball stuff. And 
there's hockey programs around the state of Minnesota, certainly like three-year-olds and stuff. And there's stuff like that where yeah. they just got to go, got to go. And, oh, I don't know, but we're having fun. I'm, but I've, I've uh, gotten back, I'm back in the game guys. I'm back in the coaching game. And so I'll I like it. Know. I'm excited. Keep us, keep us appraised of your record throughout the time. Yeah. So far it's fun to fun. <laughs> Are you wearing the coach shorts, Matt's the, the above the way above the knee, the mm-hmm. coach shorts that everyone used to no, wear when yeah, we were kids hanging out? Nope, I refuse. I refuse. The bike shorts. They're they're the bike shorts, and they're yeah, made of like something that if you put a if you got clo- too close to a, a flame, they would just go up instantly. No, they would just <laughs> melt to your skin. They'd melt to your yeah, they'd melt. Those yeah. were probably like a four inch inseam, right? We talked we talked seven inch inseams on this podcast. Those got to be like a four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're up there, but then you know it's made up for going up up high up on your gut, yeah. so. I got to follow up on Matt's shorts idea, though, because I tried okay. to return some shorts the other day. And said Aaron's the one who sends back the steak. Yep. No, I was exchanging was some shorts earlier about that. I was going seven inch, like Matt said, but I noticed yep. when I was doing the exchange that the five inch shorts are sold out. So the short shorts are like, that's where it's at. The short oh, yeah. shorts are, are coming back. I have not. I have not gotten ballsy enough to I can't do the get five. the five inch yet. You know, I have, I have, I've started I, my Peloton's way down, guy. And Russell, you'll be sorry to hear this, but my Peloton riding is just yep. way down. You yep. know, I haven't gotten too many, too many rides in. I haven't got too many. Na- Rosie, I did find a new name for you. Oh, I want to hear it. Um, ninety nine problems, but swag ain't one. Oh, was, thank uh, somebody's you. Thank you. Peloton like name. So I figured that that was going for you. But no, so but I have not been able to try the five inch shorts out yet, but no, it that, that's where everything's going, Rosie. So you might need to just skip the sevens, have, go right to the five. Have you guys no, tried, try have you guys started lifting weights yet in tights? I can highly recommend it. That's all I wear I, now is tights. I, uh, I, I do, yeah. but, but I put short, do you put shorts no. on over your tights? No, nope. Just tights. Yep. Yeah. I, yep. I do it, but I put shorts on over my tights. I can't walk around in the tights. Speaking oh, of great. things that are shorter than five inches, Rob, rolling, going. How's it going with you? <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what. It, it was the. Hey, Rob, do you like that transition? Did that you was, get it? That was, Less than five inches? You I get don't, it? I don't get it. By the way, speaking of Peloton, if you guys, if my wife asked, could you tell her that, yes, you can get herpes by sitting on the Peloton seat? Okay, just those some good. Rolling uh, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame had a uh, five new inductees. No, six new inductees this year. We've got the Go-Go's. We've got Jay-Z, Tina Turner, Foo Fighters, Carole King, and Todd Rundgren. They had a fan vote for the second year in a row. Wait, Jay-Z's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just for that live performance of Wonderwall? Jay-Z was the last in the fan voting, and he got in. Uh, First place in the fan voting was... Last year was Dave Matthews, and he didn't get in. So everybody was pissed about that. You want to know who got second place in the fan voting this year and did not get in, Rosie? I and do. I felt so smart because I knew who it was. Uh, Fila Cootie. Oh, did not, nice. Wait. Did, oh, yeah. did not get accepted. So they still have kind of a global oh, music problem. But this being a music podcast, I got to tell you guys, forget all that. I am in cookie hell right now. My wife is making <laughs> cookies. She is currently making me a birthday cake right now. She has been making cookies all day long and giving me cookies like crazy. I cannot eat any more cookies. She literally has sent cookies with me to work three times. My coworkers think I'm a psychopath at all. Eat. Like they see this big fat guy come in and then I also have cookies like every day. And they're like, oh, big surprise. This guy's got cookies. There's the man right there. It, I mean, it's like this, this is my life now is just eating cookies. And every time she changes one little thing, she's like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Coach's kid. Coach's and kid. I can't be like, <laughs> I can't be like, oh, this cookie is 
not good. You know what I mean? Like I have to keep saying like, oh, I like this. I like this, but there's no difference. So please pray for me. I'm eating cookies. I'm like a kid who you catch smoking and then you make him smoke the whole pack. Like that's it. It's like, oh, you like my kid. She said the other day, hey guys, do you want some cookies? I just made some. And all three of us said, no. Can you imagine making fresh homemade cookies and your family says no? Did That's you guys ever? Did you guys ever get caught uh, smoking as a kid or anything like that? Rob mentioned getting getting caught as a kid. Did you ever smoke a cigarette and get caught as a kid? No, we, I stole a cigarette from my friend's mom's purse, and we smoked that. And then when we smoked that, we were like, "We're going to go outside and roll grass up in a piece of paper." Oh, oh yeah. bad and idea! I, and I was like thirty-two. And we tried to smoke that. And of course, it was just terrible. It was just awful. And I was like, oh, smoking is really, really bad. <laughs> like, it's not good. No, I never, I never got caught smoking. I, ne- I didn't hang out with people that smoked. And then you saw two falcons chasing a hawk <laughs> yeah. or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Two the crows. crows, man. These crows, they defend their territory. It's like, because a hawk yeah. is a bad motherfucker. Everybody knows that. And the crows will gang up together to take care of this shit and defend their territory. It's incredible. Uh, I got busted, uh, not smoking, but I, I got caught with a receipt for vodka and lemonade in my uh, 93 Nissan Sentra that uh, my my buddy's roommate bought for us. And that, was, that wasn't a great, not a great look. But uh, no, 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 how, no, no. How, no how old were you when this happened, Aaron? Freshman year of college. I went, went home to Des Moines, uh, stopped by uh, Drake University and um, happened to know somebody who was over 21. And uh, he bought us some vodka and lemonade. And then I left the receipt in my car and uh, my mom Genius. was not pleased. Yeah. That was a bunch of bullshit. The worst, uh, the equivalent for that in my life is that my dad to this day, to this day, I'm turning 41. To this day, in fact, 15 minutes, my dad is convinced that I stole a box of cake mix out of the kitchen and ate it, and he brings it up twice a year to me. And he goes, he goes. Wait. I know you ate that cake mix. And I go, Dad. I didn't eat the cake mix. No, like, oh, hang no. on. He thinks I ate the dry cake stop. mix. I, I'm, call, I'm gonna call my timeout. I'm calling my timeout. <laughs> this is like when OJ's convinced himself he didn't murder those people. Like sometimes in life. You do things that you know damn well you did, but if you just keep telling yourself, no, I did not eat that cake mix, and you tell yourself over and over, you convince yourself you didn't do it. If your dad thinks you did it, Rob, that much, admit you ate that shit. No, no, I did eat three boxes of cake mix in a hotel in Las Vegas, and I got in trouble for that, but that's totally different. That's a different thing. But no, he conv- he's convinced that I like ate the cake mix and he keeps bringing it up. I'm like, why would I eat dry cake mix? It makes no sense. He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, is that what you think of me as a son? Like, it really makes me question my whole life. But that was the equivalent. Me smoking, the equivalent was me eating cake mix. So that shows you where my life's at. This is like when OJ wrote the book, Rob's going to write a book called, If I Did Eat the Cake Mix, This Is How I Would Have Eaten It. <laughs> Chapter one. All right. Let's talk about OK Computer uh, okay. by uh, Radiohead. This came out. Wait, are we are are we really doing another Radiohead album? Yeah. Is this for real? I thought yeah. we were skipping. Russ, you know, dream. there's another one. There's another one in ten in ten albums. There's another Radiohead album. <laughs> no, nah, you guys are kidding. Now, there's not a there's that was a not joke, another. But I thought one. it was funny. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, we have the Benz coming up, and then Pablo Honey. They're all on there. Ah, uh, there we go. We were going to start putting up applications for a fourth co-host on <laughs> Monster.com or whatever. Must be yeah, online. This dating. pays very lucratively. <laughs> yes. Must be single. Must be terrible at online dating. <laughs> hey, I'm married. I'm married, and I have a family who loves me. We're like, next, get out of here. Nope. 
Do you imagine that interview process, though? Oh, like, oh. we just have, like, five. Tell us your best <laughs> online dating story. Yeah. <laughs> and over and over, you got to just be like, man, this guy is a fucking loser. Then you'd have to look back at me and be like, oh, he goes back a ways. He, he's grandfathered in. Oh, Russell, we'd, we'd, this, we'd crash and burn without you. What would we talk about? Just our, <laughs> I mean, did you see us when, we, when you said, would you do this with your wife? And we're all, like, too scared to say anything. We're like, whoa. <laughs> Rosie brought up two crows chasing a hawk today. Yeah, be careful what you wish for, Russell. Sometimes the trip is more fun than the destination. Uh, right. By the way, I want to repeat. Marriage is doing fine. My marriage is doing fine. Okay, so this was a, after they did the Benz, which was a super successful album for uh, Radiohead. They then made, basically they had carte blanche to do whatever they wanted. And they wrote this album and they tried to be a little bit more experimental, which you're going to hear. Uh, and also it's really, if you want to, if, if you want to actually good description of this album, Tom York did a great interview with Rolling Stone 10 years after this album came out. And basically he was like, yeah, looking back, I was in a really dark place and I did a lot of really dumb, like kind of emo type stuff that I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed of now. But what they were doing is they were kind of switching from that creep guitar singing sound to a super densely layered kind of more computer. And basically the lyrics were about him kind of being depressed and being anxious about things. He had been in a car crash earlier, which is what a lot of these songs allude to and about how um, society is kind of getting obsessed with technology, which is pretty amazing for 1997 Prussian album to be sure. So should we get into it? Let's hear it. Yep. Let's go for it. All right. So right away we have the first one. Uh, and Aaron, you're making the symbol of somebody with a big chest. So I don't know why we're doing this, this is airbag. Wait, what? <laughs> So again, Thom Yorkie got into a car crash. And, uh, oh, by the way, I should say this. If you are a big fan of Radiohead, you should probably just turn off this episode because you're going to be mad at us by the end of this, just to let you know. Except for Matt. I don't I mean, I don't know. I I, I, I mean, I also really enjoyed this this album. This album snuck up on me. I I didn't get into it. I think we talked about this before. The only Radiohead album I really got into was in Rainbows. But this one just, it puts you in a mood and you start, hearing things and you start thinking like, yeah, it would be tough for a machine to get into human life. This can't be easy. Like I, I, I identify with, uh, with the computer here, but then they go and use the machine to make the drum beat for that song right there. Yeah. So basically yeah, they had, they had a drum beat that they sampled and they were like, well, this isn't very interesting. So they started running it through a guitar pedal board. Listen to this. One of those things when you really listen to it, it sounds great. Yeah, so right from the jump, they're doing some making new sounds. And that's like that's what we keep coming back to in the pod when we get to these albums that we're not sure what's great about them. Well, they're they're making sounds that we haven't heard before. And and that's isn't that what music is, is sound. So I think it's very cool. Well, I think this album too is is so emotional, right? I mean, it's like yes. you, there's a very clear expected. emotion yeah. coming through on this album. If and yeah. if you're into that, then you're gonna like the album. If you're not into it, you're not gonna like you're probably not gonna get into it. But people are obsessed with Radiohead. I mean, the more I talk to people about Radiohead, the people who love Radiohead love Radiohead. It really speaks to people, yeah. Here we have Paranoid Android. Paranoid Android is actually three songs. It's actually a song with four different sections. So I want to play the four different sections for you here. This is the opening one. Well, think of like uh, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, Mm -hmm. things like that where it changes tempos, changes. Yeah, right. Like a suite. And definitely not just on Genius.com, but Tom York is saying that he's 50% Bohemian Rhapsody and 50% Happiness is a Warm Gun of kind of cramming these musical ideas together. This is a very British album. 
I read that too, the the comparison with Bohemian Rhapsody or the happiness is a worm gun inspiration. Would you guys have ever thought of that if you hadn't read it? Or is it just the change in kind of tempo, the change in pace? It's different songs in one. Or would you have thought of that or not? No, of course not. I, I no, no. no. I, I enjoyed this song a lot more when I read about how he recorded it. I think it's interesting how he did it. But that's it, what's but, weird yeah. about this album to me is that it's so it's such a cerebral album in a lot of ways. So you would think it might inspire like a nerd like me to want to read about it. And I didn't. I just wanted to listen to it. I just wanted to listen mm. and enjoy it and let it kind of like wash over. I don't know. Like something about the Radiohead vibe just works for me. And I'm not interested in the stories behind it. I'm not even, I, I know there's a lot of good technical stuff going on and I'm not that interested in it because I just like listening. I just like the, the mind space it puts me in. Do you think, do you think Radiohead, if they came out now would be a big band or were they tapping into an emotion in the nineties that could only exist in that time? And again, this is like 97. So this is right guys. Picture me. I'm in high school. I've got a letter jacket on. One of my letters was for best kisser. Now I made that letter myself, put it on the letter jacket. Later got in a lot of trouble for that. I would assume I would assume that any girl that ever kissed you in high school probably had to play this album after that experience, right? Yeah, yes. I think that this is a great mashup of kind of that grunge sound, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's more smashing mm-hmm. pumpkins than like the Pearl Jam Seattle stuff. Um, we should play but, more. You know, Pearl it's kind Jam. of got those deep, heavy guitars. But then you throw some of the computer stuff that comes in to let you start looping things. And they got some other instruments that aren't really, I wouldn't say they're like played instruments live. They're more uh, mechanical used from Studio the computer. Stuff, yeah. Kind of trying to go back. It's like, it's like the Mellotron. The Mellotron. Yeah. It's like a keyboard with all these um, uh, samples. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, I think it's a good mixture of that, which is kind of moving from the grunge into kind of this new wave of, of how music is recorded. And so I think it's a good, I think, I think it would do well right now, but again, it does sound a little old for now, obviously, but I think just the way that they were utilizing the technology. So it's almost like you have to say, what's the technology now, step it up a level. And that's where this album is in my opinion. So I don't know. I think it would be. Not that anybody cares what I think about this album, but for me, like listening to these clips, I can do this so much better because when I would listen to the whole album, I would almost get overwhelmed by like the. That it, it was just so like melancholy for me. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't need this in my life. I got see, and I had that with every well, especially pumps, especially Siamese Dream, kind of the first one everybody knows about. Like, I, I listened to it so many times, and then I did realize finally, like, I'm just blue. I'm depressed after listening to this. And what is it? And well, it's just this song. It's, you know, these songs they're all depressing. So, no, I, I know what you mean. I didn't quite get it from this album. Because of the ending, I, I really do like the ending. We'll talk about that, but yeah. I had a song affect me like that, too. I'm blue, blue, dad. I mean, I mean, there we go. I'm going to let this play. All right, so here we go to the second uh, second part of this song. Kind of the same. Here it comes in the second part. I like the bass line here. Yep. Little change in rhythm. And now the third one, they're going to slow it way down. Paranoid Android, they got this name of this uh, the song from the book Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy from Marvin the Paranoid Android. Also where they got the name of the album, OK Computer. It's a line from the book. So sounds like some real Aaron shit. But we hear it in the first two songs. This is a guitar-driven album. There, I mean, there's obviously, they're, they're bringing in a lot of other 
synthesizers and other sounds, but these first two tracks, we know this is going to be a guitar album, and that's, I think, why people got Radiohead fans or other people well, got that leads into my, uh, my list for the week, guys. I don't know if you hear what's going on in the background there, but... We have a list? They've got... is. It's heavily. It's something called oh, a fuzz pedal. I don't know if you guys have heard of the fuzz pedal before. Ooh, Hang we on, have. we've done. Have a, we, we've done. I feel a, like we've done a, done list, a on list on it. I believe. We've done a list on. The, oh, <laughs> okay. All right, <laughs> but, but I'm all for doing another one. I believe we did a list on the fuzz pedal about four weeks ago, but we should do a second list on it. No, never mind. We'll go to the next one. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I demand. Go to the fourth. I demand we do part two. Okay, so the fourth, the fourth part of this song. I mean, listen to this. Five seconds, you can hear it switch. Listen to this right here. Kind of a coda, little callback. Ah, this is this is badass. This is when it really rips. You got. I I have to give credit where credit is due. This is badass. I made two lists. So if you can hear in the background there that you know Rosie talked about using some synthesizers and stuff, they've got hey. they've got an instrument called the Wurlitzer that they're using Ooh, to yes. come up with. I love and so it. the Wait. the list I've got is the top Wurlitzer songs that we've ever used. Oh, it seems like we might have never had heard of a this Wurlitzer. Band. Is this a piano or at what? Some point, right? Have we done that? <laughs> no, I don't know. I've Guys, never heard of the Wurlitzer. Nobody knows what we've done. Nobody cares. We could do the same list every week, and we would get zero emails right. about it. Well, because I'm again, the only sure. emails I'm getting is offering us car insurance. <laughs> All right. Well, then I've got a third one. I've got oh, masculine. Ma- might deep. not have heard it. Go back to the second one there, Rob. All right. We get if a, we have to play, if, we, if we play like an eighth clip on Paranoid Android, I, there's going to need to be a so a about call about ten seconds in here. You hear a saxophone, and so. You can hear it in you're, the background. So what I wanted to do is come up with a list that's the top five saxophone songs of all time. I'm, I'm, I'm walking away if we do I'm one more. I'm pretty sure we've done Just like giving we've you a list, right, man. No, guys, sure. Wait a minute. I hear a wah-wah pedal in the background. You guys hear a wah-wah pedal back there? This is a good bit. All right, for real, though, I do got a list. Go to the list. Play, play. In this song, there's one line, and I got to get to it. And I thought it was hilarious when I heard it. I heard it. And I didn't think I actually heard it. But he says, ambition makes you look pretty ugly. Kicking and squealing. Gucci little pig. Something like Gucci. Gucci little pig. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Why is Tom York talking about Gucci? Okay. So here I've got, I think yeah. I've got it. You, you can almost hear it. You might have to turn it up, but. Oh, yeah. He says it. Yeah. Yeah, I heard right. it. I heard so it. So I decided to make yeah. a list of the. Top songs that have Gucci in them. Of Are all we doing time. Gucci Mane? Yes. It's, 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 yes. it's time for a Beck Did It Better countdown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love I was it. Like, I mean, I yes. this, this is badass. We've got these analysts at work, right? And these, these, these 23, 24-year-old women that come out of college, you know, and, and so I said, hey, how's it going? One of them said, I'm doing Gucci. And I'm like, you're f- too fucking old to be saying Gucci. That's like a high school thing, Yeah, that's right? like what my so, kids would say to me. For all of our 40-year-old Extremely successful mothers out there who are listening up in uh, oh, no. you know northern oh, Minnesota no. who've got great careers, doing great things, <laughs> oh, no. excellent husbands. If you say I'm doing excellent Gucci husbands. or something's Gucci, that means fancy, very fashionable. You're doing great, doing excellent. I, uh, Rob, what's the first song we got here? Gucci Mane. So Gucci Mane yes. is a rapper, very famous Mr. rapper. Zone Six. And he just straight up stole Gucci and put it in his name. 
Yes. Mr. Zone this 6. Awesome. And I'm not going to lie, 98% of the songs that have Gucci in them are rap songs. And I try to limit just to Gucci Mane here, our rap contingent of this. So I like. I think if I was a rapper, Mane, Ooh, I would have Haynes I could listen to this name. all day. Fruit of the yeah. Loom would be in my name. The next one comes from, I believe, 1983, a band called The Kinks, and a song called Add It Up. The Kinks. The Kinks. I think they're talking about a little bit of excess, but here we go. Oh, yeah, it's oh nice. Gucci, 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 Gucci. Next is a group. Now, wait a minute. That's two kink songs in two weeks, you know. Is we it? About. We, we got, I got to ask in the middle of this list here, what, what is your Gucci thing? Do you guys have a thing where, hey, I got to go get like $400 shoes, or what's your thing for you guys where I have to have the top of the line for one type of I thing? I told you what that is- story, right? Where Jenny told me what she wanted for her birthday one time. And so I went into the shoe store, right? I go into oh, yeah. Valentino, get her some rock studs. She's got the size picked out. She's got the color picked out. She's got everything I want. I knew I was in deep. By the way, Russell, have fun online dating with your $30 steaks or whatever. Because this is what happens when you get into the shit. Long <laughs> I knew I was deep into it when I showed up at the restaurant. And they said, excuse me, sir. At the restaurant. That was part of the problem. Shoe I store. showed up at a shoe store. And the first thing they said to me is, Oh, excuse me. Do you want an espresso or a water? And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> you know, normally, I'm used to a guy dressed like a referee coming up to me and be like, "Oh, I have to go look at the back." So, and I, I gotta go water in that case because if I have an espresso, I'm gonna get the jitters, and then I'm not gonna make good decisions. Like, ask? I gotta go. Water. Tell you what, tell you what, I took fucking both, and the, the water came out <laughs> in a glass a bottle. A the water came out in a glass bottle, so I knew I was extra fucked. Then I looked around and I realized I'm the only person in the store speaking English because everyone who works there also speaks a different language. So they're talking to the clients in Italian and Japanese. And I was like, oh, no. So I, I get these shoes. I pick them out. I feel very fancy. Meanwhile, I should tell you, I'm wearing an ill-fitting Minnesota Timberwolves pullover that I got for like on sale. It's the ugliest fucking thing you've ever seen. I look like a hobo in here buying these shoes. So when you say ill-fitting, is it like not covering it up somehow your stomach? Is both or what do you too mean big by that? And too small in different areas of my body. Like it makes no sense. And probably not the areas you want them to be too big or too small. Exactly. Correct? It's like when you're going tubing on a lake and then you deflate the tube. That's what it looked like. Like halfway through that deflation process. That's what my shirt looked like. So I go and I get these shoes. And in the meanwhile, I see these little wallets, like these wallet sized purses next to me. And I look and I say, Ooh, you know, maybe a nice gift. Add that on. It's the same rock studs. I'll look. So no prices anywhere, of course. So I look to see how much they cost. $5,000. That was like, uh, I'll take two, please. No, I was like, okay, no thanks. She's Gucci. Think about She's that. Gucci. She's Gucci. She's Gucci. Yeah. What's what's next up on the list, man? Next what's the we next got Gucci the, song? Russ is like, oh, thirty dollars steak doesn't something so called Gucci bag. And honestly, I just never heard of this band, and they look like a bunch of posers. But I don't know, just it's the only one that had. <laughs> way to way to pump it up! I know. <laughs> way to pump it up! Let's play it anyway. Sounds nice. I like this Gucci rock and roller. Yeah. Put this on at a barbecue. It sounds nice. The last one I had to do, and this is not to step into the uh, who did it better, but our buddy, the namesake of this podcast, Mr. Beck Hansen, did do a oh. remake of a song, and he I don't even know what the name of the song actually was, but he, the title of the song is Gucci Bag and Flames, Hell Yes, 
And so you can play it, Rob. And so there's nothing doesn't talk about Gucci at all. Oh, whoa, what is this? But, you know, I thought it was a pretty good one. So this is like a B-side of one of his songs called Gucci Bag and Flames. Hell yes. So I got a sickness for this thickness. You can hear this. Whoa. That is awesome. Beck is a pretty flexible artist. We should make a podcast about him. You can add Radiohead to the list of groups who talk about Gucci in one of their songs. <laughs> he says, all right, subterranean homesick alien. So this is a song about how he wishes, and this kind of sums up Tom York. He wishes he could be abducted by aliens so he could just observe humanity and not participate. Did aliens scare the shit out of you as a kid like they did to me? Aliens? Yes. I think I read so many alien abduction books that I was legit scared of aliens growing up. I just read Matt Christopher books as a kid. So it was like, there were no oh, aliens me in the too. Matt I had about books. 38 of them. Yeah, right? Just Every catch day. it with a glass arm. Yeah, all that stuff, right? So that song, Rob, you know, I don't know if we've talked, do, do, we, do we mention it yet? You know, that the one of the, the kind of the themes or what uh, Radiohead was going for was the sound that they've got on, on Miles Davis's Bitches Brew. Oh! From 1986. And so, yeah, so if you hear kind of how that that song went, this one kind of this is the closest one. And so here's a, a clip from Bitches Brew just to get oh, it. Oh, man, so. you guys are talking right to my heart right now. Where's Bitches Brew on the list right now? I think it's 87. So, Matt, where where's the inspiration, or can you explain where the connection is here? See, I don't know if I can properly, but he was going for, I guess... This bitches brew. Do they start getting electronic on bitches brew and kind of bring electronic? Yeah, uh, I think we'll get stuff in, into. We'll get into it when, we, when the time comes. But I think a lot of with bitches brew, it was let's lay down a groove, keep some rhythm yep. going, and then there's a loose structure to it, but it's harmonically and melodically very loose in terms of what people could play, what what key you're in, what scale you're playing, and just expand in terms of what, where we are with structure. You know. Kind of like this podcast. Yeah. So, Russell, mm-hmm. Russell, what modality Russell. are we in? Yeah, Russell, I got a question for you. Are you ready? So, if thinking that Radiohead is cool, consider me Miles Davis. <laughs> I want to point Jeez. out not a question at all. If thinking Miles Davis is cool, consider us Radiohead. Exit music for oh, a film. No. I thought about this a lot. I do have a story to tell about this one in terms of the, the dating life. The dating life? Yeah. This is Russell, this is Aaron's soundtrack to his dating life. Russell talks about dates. Please, Aaron, if you're going to talk about dating life, please do not bring up that this was the end of the Romeo and Juliet movie and the ending of that movie because I'm already depressed. <laughs> was it really? Enough. I don't need to go back. Down I don't know if it was road, or not. Yes. But I will say to you guys, when, it was. when I was dating, it was. when I was dating my lady, uh, when we first started dating, I was That's not a sit through the, her name is Aaron's wife at gmail.com. Oh. When Anna and I were dating, I did not know. I was not a sit through the credits of a movie kind of guy. And she totally was. And so we would go to a movie together and I'd be like, okay, the movie's over. Let's get up and go. And she would sit and listen through. She was seeing if there was like a secret part at the end. Like she was no, waiting for the, before, maybe Romeo and Juliet come films. back. No, she just <laughs> understood Aaron and this is where Aaron this is why Aaron and Anna are they're the right people for each other is she was sitting there like giving people credit for like the key grip at the end of the movie she wanted to acknowledge 
the people that were a part of the movie other than the And stars. if you take if you go to a movie and you sit that whole time in a movie, you need that time. This is an actual part of the art. You need that time to absorb what you just saw. Think about it before you just run out to the lobby and go for dinner or a drink or whatever. And isn't it also true, Aaron, that when you're done with a movie, you take all your trash and just throw it on the floor? You don't I, throw it away. I, you I, let all the workers there pick it up. And you go, this is their problem. <laughs> I just usually sit there and ask I can't about how I can't believe my date sent back popcorn three oh times God. for too much. Matt's salt. got something smart to say about this, though. Matt's with me, right, Matt? Uh, well, I was going to say that now that I'm with my kids, and I think they just want to keep watching TV, and they just and they just want to keep watching. <laughs> they just don't want to turn it off. So they say, well, we got to watch to the end, right? And, we, and, and so I say, okay, well, geez, you know, this is the boringest thing in the world. So we, we're always looking for the uh, production babies, because we know once you've got production babies, if you ever watched to the end, they put down the names of the kids that were born during, you know, of, of the, their parents were working on the movies and stuff. So there's always like th- uh, nice. 38 kids that were born during the <laughs> making of this. So that's that's what we because that, that's when we know that we're almost done. And the secret part to whatever cartoon we're watching is, is coming up. So that's I don't know who the, what a key grip is. I don't know what the <laughs> I don't know what a second grip is assistant either, but to the shut up for you know all that stuff. Knowledge. But yeah, that's what we look. for. See, Aaron is Aaron is such a good spouse. He just he just went along with it. He's like, wait, wait, we have to sit here yeah. for another eight minutes. What's the credit? He just went along with it. Now Plus he's, he's on like, board. oh, it's the end of the credits. Hey, dig deep in this popcorn box. <laughs> Check out what's down here. <laughs> I'm hey, doing hey, everyone else's yeah, doing the Mickey Rourke the from diner, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> there is a line in uh, there's a line from in on Wikipedia because I'm looking at Wikipedia from from this song. Uh, Exit music and he's and Tom York. It, like you said, it was taken from Romeo and Juliet, or that was his inspiration. But he said, "I saw the I saw a version when I was thirteen, and I cried my eyes out because I couldn't understand why. The morning after they shagged, they just didn't run away. Doesn't <laughs> 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 shag it anymore. I don't know. So they were trying to go for some of the bass lines of, of Portishead, which I believe comes up in the one thirties. Rob, is that where Portishead's at? One thirty-one. I've never it was heard kind of, of an electronic rap alternative group from England acid, in the early nineties, which yeah. is extremely uh, underground. I think here in the. Have you guys ever heard of Portishead? No. I've literally never heard of this band. Have you? No, but then, you know, I, I, what, this is one of those bands where you listen to them on the list and you're like, yeah, I should know who these people are. But So, hold yeah. on, hold on. We just got to stop right now. So this Portishead is higher on the list than Johnny Cash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, get the fuck out of here, right? We got we to stop. Someone's got to say enough, right? I, write a letter to Rolling Stones, tell them to no, change the list. We don't have, we, I got lots of time. We can restart hey, we this podcast. Hey, we don't need to draw attention and get our get us yeah. canceled for no, copyright. That would never happen. I'm not doing that. All right. Speaking of Russell. That would be a real Speaking of Russell's down. dates, let down. Oh! <laughs> You like that one, Russell? Wait, what? Uh, I thought this one was all for for all the nursing mothers out there. This this is a nice pop tune, right? (laughs) What? What? (laughs) This he said this song is about sentimentality. How you're always let down because it's like an emotion that's forced on you. Do you guys get sentimental about anything? I used to be sentimental about stuff until I moved to New York and have an apartment, and I'm like, throw away everything all the time. Throw it away. My weird sentimental thing is. If you, I don't know if you guys ever get into watching like YouTube clips of people going on X Factor or what's uh, what's the show that people sing on Fox? I don't know. What, what is the show? American Idol. American yeah. Idol. America's Got like, Talent. To me, the one, the one thing that gets me emotional is watching YouTube videos about people who go on like singing or talent shows 
and finally get a chance to show that they're awesome at wow. something. And someone's like a great singer, but they never get an opportunity. And you finally get to see like people get to recognize that, hey, this person is really talented. That makes me emotional. I love that stuff. I like watching different animals go to the bathroom on YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we're all different. All right. Karma police. Wait, what? Which is probably the number one song from this. That anybody would recognize anything from the, this would be the song that they would would know, right? Yeah. I it's think a it wild thought. Like, this is what you get when you mess with us? Like, it's a, it's heavy stuff. Like, if you, you know, you mess with the karma police, this is what you get? I'm yeah, telling exactly. you, man. It gets in your head. It gets in your head. It starts to mess with you. I read that this I read that this song was described as atmospheric music. And so Rob, you're you're a science That's teacher, true. but I I once read that the stratosphere is the upper level of the atmosphere, the middle of level of the atmosphere, is that correct? I think it's right above the mesosphere. Yes, you are correct. You are correct. And it turns out that I know Matt's talked about Beck, but Beck has a song about the stratosphere. We got to oh check this out. And it kind of sounds a little similar, bit like yeah. it sounds a little similar to Radiohead, right? It's kind of I shiny Russell. He copied it. A lot of space in there. But so I got to ask you guys: when it comes to atmospheric music that actually is aware of the science involved, who does it Beck better? Did it better? Explosions. Are in we the ever going to run out of Beck now. songs to play during this podcast? Every week, you guys come up with new songs. I've never heard of it. You're like, this is off the album. Never heard of it. Is he still making new tunes? Because, yeah, we might be stretching it by album 500. All right. So me, when I'm ordering shirts online, fitter, happier. (laughs) This is the one that my son liked the most. He was like, when are you going to play the one with the robot voice? (laughs) Yeah, he's right. (laughs) This is, I mean, this sums up the album, though. I think what he's talking about of like, yeah, this is all the stuff you need to be happy. And it's supposed to. And remember, he's 24 years old when he does this album. Like, I just saw a thing on my on my Facebook of when I was like, so long, 20s. And I'm like, God, that seems like forever ago. Like, I mean, I once peed on a friend's floor because I drank too much the night before in my 20s. Like, that's the kind of stuff you do in your 20s. Like, and he's saying, like, here's what you need to be happy. The stuff he's saying in that, I'm like, yeah, you should. You should be drinking more water. You should be exercising. You should get a safe car. Like, yes, older oh. people are right. Younger people are stupid. It's the way it is. I think of it as a, it's a machine or a robot or a computer trying to figure out how to be human, right? Or Matt, what's your take on it? Well, I, I'm, again, I dug in deep to this one. No, I'm kidding. Looking at Wikipedia, it says that he just basically wrote it in 10 minutes and all he did was uh, he just took a, a, a bunch of slogans from the 90s and just kind of put them all into and had a computer saying them out and he said it's the most depressing thing ever. Oh, so like, it's the same as the Buzz Lerman take song. About all the thing, everything you get, you get pitched every day. Right. All of the stupid right. taglines that people come up like, you know, and there's millions of dollars behind all this stuff. And you just put a computer voice behind it, you know, have it your way. You know, all this stuff. If you just and you said it was the most depressing. And I can I can kind of hear it. I can understand where that'd be the most depressing right. thing ever. Just do it. Still holds up, though. Electioneering. <laughs> this is the one that sounds to me like it's starts to hint at the garage rock the return of garage rock so bringing back the white stripes the hives the vines those bands yes. well and this was 97 it's, it's the song were- that's basically the only one that's kind of like the stuff from before right like yeah it's about the most rock songs they've got kind of 
almost an homage to what they used to be doing. They're kind of moving away from this. You can hear, not not this next song. I mean, this climbing up the walls is so scary. I mean, listen to this. Wait, wait, are you are you not are you not going to even mention that Aaron was holding up the sign about the rigged election during that electioneering <laughs> thing, Rob? I, re- I was holding a cupcake that said pick flip. Rob, you're slipping. I know. I know you got a cold. Yes, send me some texts with some ideas about who Q is, but I've just been ignoring it. I don't know. That guy's a dork. Whoever Q is is just a dork. Like if Q, if you're listening, you're a dork. Like you, you're not cool or tough. You're just a dork. Aaron taking a hard stance against the fictional character Q. He's real. Uh, this the, at the end of this <laughs> album, I think, is a much more what you guys were saying, kind of back to what they were doing before. And actually, it's because a lot of this early, the end of the album was actually recorded earlier. For example, no surprises. This is the first uh, song they recorded for the album. Listen to this. Oh, this is beautiful. Sounds like I mean, you're floating, inspired right? Inspired by Rocket the Beach Beatles. You can hear it. Yeah. Is there a round? I think there's so a is round. Because this, this album is after the bends, right? This so is like around. Something like yes. Plastic Trees is yes, you know, it's similar after. to this, right? <laughs> this one's so pretty. This isn't around. Yep. Mike Love, it, it's so much like the Beach Boys. Mike Love tried to take writing credit for the song. It's crazy. <laughs> All right. Lucky. And it starts, it's kind of interesting. They start by strumming above, and Aaron, don't laugh at this, but they're strumming above the guitar nut. Aaron, Aaron where's that? Aaron, put the signs down. Why, why do you have where's to do signs every time? Aaron, are you <laughs> strumming nut. below the nut? <laughs> I think I can see why the BPMs are so low for you. I think above the nut is yeah. the best place. Oh, gross. Above the nut or below the nut? In between. The hot dog style. <laughs> So they, they recorded this album for a relief album going out to, I think, Serbia. And then they said after they recorded this song, it kind of inspired them to what the rest of the album was going to shape up and look like. I, I enjoyed the back half of this album. I did. I thought it was... I think it's good top to bottom. You can see how talented they are. They kind of do this thing where it, like, it makes me think of Fight Club when... Uh, when Edward Norton's character destroys Tyler Durden, and I haven't read the books. I have read the book, but I've forgotten now if, what their names are. But where? Oh no, no, no! It's where he beats up uh, Jared Leto, and he says, "I just wanted to destroy something beautiful." And I feel like Radiohead oh. does that once in a while, where <laughs> they make something pretty, and then they ugly it up a little bit. And I think they do that on purpose because they want to make something beautiful and then destroy it. I think that's kind of what they're going for for a lot of this album. I it. Every podcast we do, I have to edit out a half hour of Aaron explaining Fight Club to us. And he says, oh, it's such a, it's such a movie. It like, explains like, everything. I'm like, okay, yeah, Aaron, we get it. I mean, it's like, okay. That was- and then Matt and I just sit here and we start saying, his name is Robert yeah, Paulson. His name I'm is Robert I'm pretty sure Paulson. I saw Fight Club with Russell at the Lakeville Theater. I'm fairly certain that that's part of why that movie still res- resonates for me so much is that I saw it. Rose hey, love Fight Club. You know who played? Hey, who played Robert Paulson in that movie? Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Then we have the Tourist. It's a song about slowing down and enjoying things. Is this the Tom Hanks movie? Oh, I you're really thinking like of the Terminal. Song. All right. You like this, Matt? What do you think of this? Is the end of the album, Matt? You're the you're. I, guy I mean, I really like it. You know, basically, it, there's some pretty good explanations about putting this. 
on purpose at the back of the album, right? The guitarist literally was sitting in France, Paris, watching American tourists just trying to run around and just see everything. Got to see everything. Go, oh, gonna go here to there. You know, and that's how I act when I'm. It's true in, in Paris and stuff like that. And he said that the whole album is basically we're trying to say all this stuff. We're trying to get all this stuff out. And we're trying to make you feel this and make you feel that. And this is a song that just literally tells you to slow down. Take it easy. It'll all be okay. And it ends the album. Great and again, advice. it's it's kind of, it's it's great. I love it. I love it as the end of this album. I, I and and isn't that true I though? Agree, I mean, man. every every time I remember in a different place or different country, it's not seeing the Arc de Triumph. You know what I mean? It's like sitting yep. there and having a cappuccino and eating a croissant and just being like, oh, I feel like a Parisian, or I feel. You know, like, oh, how did I end up in this Turkish prison? Like, I, you know, stuff like that. You got to slow down and appreciate it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I did some hey man, vandalism down. in Singapore and I blamed it on my wife and now she's getting caned. And I'm rock hard. What? Oh, I love Wait, it. All right. Listen, speaking of ending things and slowing down, I have to go to the bathroom so bad I've been trying to speed up this episode. Let's get to the rating system. You know, it's very popular. People love it. It's also padded. Padded. Is this how we recording? Like we're in half no. speed. We're not, we're not masturbating this at half speed. Forget it. I wonder when they paid him if they were masturbating that too. Something to think about. Who's the master raider? And who's the raider of the master raider? All right. Listen, we are in our final segment. That is popular and padded, if I haven't mentioned that. And you guys got to tell me, is this album a rolling, well-toned, it is perfect right where it is, at 42? I got 42. Is this, uh, is this album too low, and it is a rolling groan, it should be much higher than 42, or is this a rolling bone? We should have gotten this album earlier. It should be 41, 40, 39. Oh, guys, wait till we get to album 57 and I can make this Heinz 57 joke I've been waiting on. Damn it, I just did it. I blew it. Uh, Russell, what do you think of OK Computer? I have to say, I enjoyed this kid. No, it's Kid Head. I enjoyed this this Radiohead album more than Kid A. To me, there's some kick-ass musical moments on this. There's cool guitar moments. There's a lot of cool instruments. I enjoyed it more than Kid A. For me personally, I can't stand Tom York singing. It just doesn't resonate with me. I'm glad that other people are engaged with it and it resonates with them. To me, I find it depressing and that's just not what I'm looking for from music and not what I'm looking for on albums on the list. So for me, it just doesn't really work for me. I did enjoy a lot of it, though. There are are musical moments that I think are very cool. But to me, it's outclassed by everything we've ever listened to on this list other than the other Radiohead album, and maybe that Velvet Underground album. So I'm going to say it's rolling grown, and I think that can be certified by the fact that Aaron's son, who is three, his favorite song is on this album. So so if, if Aaron's son says his favorite song is on this album, I think it's fair to say rolling grown. Aaron's son, whatever your name is, this is Robot Voice calling you. I want to wish you a happy birthday. Hey, Aaron, what do you think four. of this album, which is OK Computer by the band Kid A slash Radiohead? I, it turns is out it a I'm rolling a well toned? Is it a rolling bone? <laughs> Sorry, Aaron, go ahead. It turns out I'm a or Radiohead is it a rolling fan. Groan. I really enjoy think? Radiohead. Both of the Radiohead albums we've listened to so far, I've I've enjoyed more than I realized. I like the the mind state that it puts me in. Um, 
but I, I think of this in some ways as a concept album. And so I was thinking I was, I was out for a walk with Anna today and we were talking about concept albums and down, Rob. I'm so I always when I, if I'm about to give my rating, I try to think of other albums that I would compare this one to other albums. I would think about, uh, obviously Ziggy Stardust mm-hmm. was like a, a concept album in a way. And I'm starting sure. to be concerned. I, you know, you guys know I'm concerned with the where uh, R&B and soul albums rank on this, this list. But I'm starting to feel concerned about where country music fits on this list. And as a concept album, Willie Nelson, Redheaded Stranger is better than this album. So I have to say, because this is not better than Willie Nelson, Redheaded Stranger, it's a rolling groan, even as much as I liked it. God damn, I love you. I told you he was going to bring up <laughs> Willie Nelson, Redheaded Stranger. I told you he was going to do that. Everybody, I think Venmo it now. How, how can Aaron not be everyone's favorite person in the world? The fact that you somehow tied this to Willie Nelson and it's goddamn Aaron, you're the best. Matt, what do you think? There's no one. I, there's no. There's no crazier person in the world that would talk about hawks and crows that I would rather do this podcast with. Thank you, Russell. I appreciate. I that. love you, Aaron. You're the best. Appreciate it. All right, get a room, you two. Matt, what do you think? I think. Um, you know, I do like Radiohead. I do All right. enjoy the well, music. I, think, oh. I do. Well, don't do that, Rob. This doesn't affect me. I, I mean, I, I do think they have their spot in the 90s. I'm trying to talk as slow as I can because I can see Rob wiggling in his chair there. And it's just <laughs> making me laugh because he's going to go pee. So he cut this out of the <laughs> All right. So, no, I think this is Rolling Grown. As much as I like this album, as much as I like uh, Radiohead as a as a band, and I think I've got to start maybe, you know, Rob, I might have to go to therapy, or you have to tell me how to sign up for therapy. <laughs> I think, you know, listening to some of these bands from the early 90s that just put you in depressed states, I don't know why I like them so much, so I, I probably got to figure that out somehow. Um, but, no, I think, you know, for where it is, some to some of Rosie's points, there's just so much stuff that is probably should be rated higher than this one um, that I'll just say it's a rolling groan. Listen, this gets from me a rolling <laughs> obsession. I don't, I don't oh. necessarily get it, but every person I know who likes Radiohead loves Radiohead. Everybody is saying this is the, one of the greatest albums of the nineties. Yes. And listen, yes. it's, it's the kind of the classic, like, 30,000 Elvis fans can't be wrong. Like it, it has to be like so many people think it's good and so many people love it. They got to be right. My brain's too small to disagree with that many people. Therefore it is an awesome album and I love it. And speaking of awesome albums, and I guess I did notice that I said albums and not albums coming up next <laughs> oh, on the Mitch next Alban. episode. Are we talking about uh, Tuesdays with Maury or whatever. <laughs> we have a tribe. Wait, no, wait a minute. We got to get into that. Tuesdays with more. Where do you? Oh, Mitch album. God damn. That was a good one, Aaron. Aaron, you know what? I'm on the rust train. You're great. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it up. Mitch album. Tuesday with Maury's. Matt still thinks you suck. Hey, though. can we write us? Can we write a book where we know this guy? I, I can just tell you from the cover. That guy was going to die at the end. I knew it. Like, it's just like, this guy is dead. What the shit? It's like that dog movie. What was that dog? Didn't he do a dog thing too? Where the dog died at the end? Yes. Miley and me. Or yeah. Something. Miley what and me. Dog's name? Wrecking ball. Miley Speaking of which, Aaron, have you seen the video for wrecking ball yet? Still have heard the song. Oh my god! I'm gonna piss my pants, and this is still worth it. Next up, we've got a tribe called Quest, a low end. Oh, nice. Theory. Oh, yes. you better wear two pair of socks because you're gonna get them both pairs rocked off after a listening to this boom. album. Yeah. When you wanna hear about the greatest albums of all time, 
Rob Rock. But you're just too lazy. Why did I go during the episode? It's like I think you guys can't do this without me. If you want to hear from guys who chat, they get off track. I know, I don't get what my deal is. I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. This episode was just a little too cold. Can you guys send this back for me? I had to pay for that. Yeah, you should. <laughs>